Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin, and just coming at you all from the Red Out Studios this week. Uh, if you do like the episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate your support. Uh, and all our platforms that we're on, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple, Spotify, etc. And um, like I said, if you wouldn't mind just sending a share or a like, whatever, we would appreciate it. Uh, looks like we have Jared in the studio. How's it going, buddy? It's good. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Just uh, enjoying this nice 70-degree weather before we have our monsoon tomorrow. That's uh, how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. One nice day, and then we get seven days of rain to follow it. I was actually in Bowling Green and on campus earlier. I took my dog to the dog park and I swung by Diddle to pick up my giant cutout that they had for the whole season in basketball. So I have it with me now. Hey, that's that's uh, that's pretty sweet. I'm taking Um, all suggestions as to what to actually do with the darn thing. It's like four foot tall. (laughs) You should take it to work and just set it in whenever you need to go to a break. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> that would be actually pretty funny. Um, so, uh, I guess the biggest thing this week is just all of the craziness that's going along with March Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the winners and losers. And I mean, there are countless winners and losers this week. Um, I may steal your thunder here, but the biggest one is number 15, Oral Roberts. Yeah. over number two Ohio State. That completely um, destroyed the bracket I had in the tell rack pool. <laughs> from what I have seen and heard, that destroyed 93% of the brackets out there. Yeah, I mean... Which seems pretty... That seems pretty much on the ball, so... Like, none of your college analysts would ever predict that. I mean, that's no. what the crazy thing about March is, is that... I mean, you there's some matchups where you look and see, like, all right, I think this team can do it, but how many of us could really say we've paid any conscious attention to Oral Roberts University basketball this entire season? I mean, like, that's... I agree with you 100% there. I, if you would have told me there was a team called Oral Roberts, I would have been like, yeah... And there's a Grand Canyon University and a Phoenix, you know, the yeah. Phoenix, you know, and all that good stuff. But um, it, it's just something that just kind of goes, it's wild. It's just yeah. one of those that you just don't expect to uh, uh, to actually, you know, see them beating a number two. And then they eliminated Florida, number seven. Yeah. So they're in Florida, the I knew Florida was without one of their best players at Keontae Johnson. He's been out since he collapsed in December, which is still such a horrible thing. I mean, hopefully he'll be able to play again. But, I mean, I knew that they were down a person, so I was predicting them to lose. I didn't think it would be against Oral Roberts, though. Well, no. I mean, probably Ohio State, right? Yeah. I did see an article, I think, was it Ross, or did I see it on Facebook, um, that was talking about how the Big Ten has just flopped. Yeah. I mean, the Pac-12, though. I mean, it, there's been a lot of East Coast bias, and I mean, that's a real thing because there's like four Pac-12 teams that are in the uh, Sweet 16. And another thing with this year, too, is that the average seed in the Sweet 16 is like a 5.8, which is the highest wow. it's ever been in tournament history. Wow, that's wild, man. Um, so and another... Also, go yeah, ahead. Another thing, we, I, I don't know if you were just about to say this, but the big one was North Texas winning. No, I I wasn't I hadn't got to the main green yet, um, but yeah, North Texas. Who did they play? They beat Purdue. See, there's another another Big Ten took off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. just that's just wild to me. It was in Indiana too. I don't think they played that in Mackey Arena. I don't think they would give them t- that type of partial treatment. But I mean, still, they probably had some fans there, so they still lost. I'm sure they had. A, I'm sure they had a majority of Purdue fans over North Texas fans there. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think North Texas travels as well as some of the other Conference USA teams do. No. Um, but, um, yeah, that was North their first Texas win. First time you know, win. And that's the sad part with that game is that could have been us. 
Yeah. And that's, that's another what I thing that we have to realize with our Conference USA competition, too, is that a lot of them don't have much of a basketball history like we do. Like, we go in the NCAA tournament, we're expecting to win at least one game. For a program like North Texas, that's their first one they've ever had. So, I mean, it does kind of put things into perspective, just how well yes. we've had it at our level. But at the same time, I mean, I definitely feel like that should have been us. Yeah, I, I completely think that should have been us. Um, and, I mean, it's just like Ross said last week, you know, the competition in Conference USA. I mean, there's – in football and basketball – you know, you've kind of got you got a, a couple of duds. You know, you'll have a couple that are they're having a bad year, but for the most part, in both sports, it's pretty tight. It's oh, pretty yeah. tough. I mean, I think Conference USA, as bad as I hate to say this, is a good conference for Western at this point. Well, I mean, as much as I would love for us to go in the American, I mean, I still don't think that we have the draw for that. <laughs> Because, I mean, our programs, I feel like we would talent-wise be good enough for it. But just the reach and the size of Bowling Green, it doesn't really help us any. Looking at the uh, Houston's and Cincinnati's and all these. And the money. Big, yeah, just all the extra money. Uh, I mean, it's literally what Conference USA was 10 years ago, which is the crazy thing about it. That American Conference came and started and poached all of the Conference USA teams that were really, really good at the time. I just feel like I just feel like we need a uh, <laughs> the American Conference should be the American Conference. Is all I'm saying. I don't know if that's the redneck in me or what. They need to put Maine and Hawaii in the same conference. <laughs> yes, yes, we need to. I, I've been preaching this for years. the The Big East needs to call Hawaii and get them in there. No. Um, but some of the other big upsets around the uh, March Madness. Tournament this year is uh, number eleven Syracuse took down number six San Diego State, which that's not that big of an upset. See, that's not surprising because Bayham is still incredible, and also his son has been getting buckets. Like this is one of the rare instances in college basketball where the coach's son is like the star player. He's been cool. getting really good, really, really, really good performances these past few games. That's, I mean, and that that's good. I mean, like I said, it's not that big a deal for me as far as 11 versus a six seed. And then, but then you have Syracuse who uh, won over number three, West Virginia on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So then that's a three over an 11 or 11 over a three, which again. I had that one though. I did you? I have that on my record. That's record. good. Just for yeah. the fact that I know that Dayheim is an incredible coach. If you look at his legacy that he's had at Syracuse. And I knew that they were getting hot at the right time. Like usually, you don't bet against Bayham in the NCAA tournament, at least in those first few rounds. So I had a funny feeling they'd make a run, and sure enough, his son has kind of been shooting lights out. Yeah. Um, okay, so I am going to definitely have to go to Oregon State's merch. Oh yeah. Or the Beavers. I, I'm sorry. Yes, the Beavers. And I've got to find me some. Some uh, Oregon State merch because I think it's great. Um, they uh, they ended up beating number five Tennessee, which good job. Mm-hmm. Sorry for those of you who are Tennessee fans, but growing up on the border, you just you were either one side or the other, and yeah. I've always Amen. loathed Tennessee. Same. Um, and then they beat number four Oklahoma State, so they took down uh, old Rocky Top, and then they took down the uh, Cowboys at Oklahoma State to move on to the Sweet 16. So that's a lot of orange in that bracket. So that's a 15, an 11, and a 12 so far. And then number 13, Ohio, ended up uh, beating Virginia and the Cavaliers in the first round, which is wild. I want to test your memory, though, real quick. Oh, my gosh. Can you name the – there's only been two 15 seeds in the Sweet 16 before. Oral Roberts is one of them this year. Do you remember who the other one was? I would say I don't remember what seed Loyola Chicago was. What seed were they last oh, no. year? Uh, the last time they were in the tournament, they were only like an eleven seed. Oh, were they really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so no, I have no idea. What do you got? You don't remember Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast? They were oh, no. incredible. Yeah. Like they came, literally came out of nowhere, and they were just dunking on all of these teams. Like everybody, everyone yeah. was dunking on them. It was incredible. now that yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, ugh. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a fun team to watch though. Oh yeah. 
Um, yeah, you can hear Abby kind of get her. She's into that Velociraptor squeal phase, so oh, you'll nice. hear a, you'll hear one of those high pitched things that your dogs will be looking at the podcast, going, "What's going on?" Um, <laughs> but then uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so. All right, sorry, I'm trying to skim as I'm talking here. So, so Ohio ended up. I guess they beat number five Creighton too. Who? Oh, no, Creighton won that one. They Creighton won one that one. Okay, yeah. so, and then Maryland, uh, UCLA, and Abilene Christian are still in it. Maybe I don't well, know. No, uh, UCLA is and Abilene Christian didn't get past the other round. They did. They did beat Texas though, and that's one of the things that I've loved about this tournament is seeing all of these small schools like that beat their in-state rivals like i don't know if texas would ever schedule them but they're definitely not going to now well see that's what i told jake uh we were texting the other day and i'm just like you know i i just feel like there's going to be enough complaint about this that um there may be an asterisk against this i don't know i hate for there to be but they still won they still won on a neutral court that's all that should matter that's i completely agree um, and there was only one team that had to jump out, drop out of the NCAA tournament. That was VCU. So you can't really put much of an asterisk on this year's tournament because all of the teams that were actually able to qualify, except for VCU, have ended up playing. Okay, so let me see if I can get some of the results for the, um, excuse me, the NIT tournament so far. Um, okay. So Law Tech ended up beating Mississippi. So we've got Law Tech in the next round. Yeah. Obviously, that's tomorrow. Most of you already know this, so that's why I'm just kind of shooting, just shooting over this real quick. We'll kind of do an analysis here in just a second. Um, uh, okay. This is okay. Dang it! All right, let me back up. <laughs> um, so NC State beat Davidson, I think. Yes, they beat Davidson, so NC State's going on. Uh, Colorado State beat Buffalo by two. We got Memphis downing Dayton uh, by nine points, seventy-one sixty. Uh, Boise State beat SMU, and of course, I've got a. Let me see if I can. Let me see if this little link here will show me the the results. Oh, okay, great. This is awesome. It's updated. Okay, so Colorado State's going to be playing NC State, uh, and then. Boise State is going to be playing against Memphis, and those are both on the 25th, so that's tomorrow night, or tomorrow or tomorrow night. Yeah, 7 p.m. I can't read that one because it's too small. Don't get old. Uh, Mississippi State is playing Richmond, and that looks like it's going to be tomorrow at like 6 p.m., I think that's what that says. Maybe. I can't. I, like I said, like the way they've got it, I can't read the little thing. And then Richmond, um, and then of course Western's going to play, play Louisiana Tech, which that's such a bunch of bull. Why couldn't we get conference the other conference USA team on the other side of the bracket, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not preferable, but the same thing with the tournament is that it's not preferable. I mean, it's just yeah. It is. I mean, it's just getting postseason reps for your younger guys. That's all that it really is at this point, and just but, maybe another additional year on in one of our banners and diddle arena about the NIT tournament. If we were to somehow make the final four again, but I don't know if there'll be an asterisk next to that this year. Cause I mean, we're already in the elite eight. I mean, yeah. there's only 16 teams to begin with. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. But like, are you, were you surprised that uh, law tech beat Ole Miss? A little bit. Yeah. But their uh, good guard is finally back. He didn't play much. But he still got some points. Uh, I did get to talk with the Louisiana Tech podcast, the Go Tech Please Don't Got Die. <laughs> they're one of my favorite <laughs> Twitter accounts. Like they're basically the Louisiana Tech version of the Towel Rack. They're great. I enjoyed talking with them. So uh, their so their podcast is Go Tech. Go Tech Please Don't Die. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, tell me that's not the name. Please don't die. <laughs> that's a hundred percent the name. I love. That's it. awesome. I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, completely support those guys um, when we're not playing them. Um, but yeah, so who are we looking at so far, do you think, to make it to the next round? Let's just uh, Colorado State and NC State. Who, where do you want to put your money at? I mean, Pac-12 has been playing great in general, so I mean, I might pick the Rams in that one. 
I mean, they are a number one seed too, as well. So that's that puts yeah. that kind of gives them a little bit. Yeah, NC State um, hasn't been as good as they normally would be, or else they'd be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got Boise State and Memphis. I would take Memphis in that. Just I was going to say, I think I'd like to take Memphis in that. Usually, um, that's kind of where I'd want to put my money is Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the coach's name? Um, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. Um, yeah, I think I think he's got a good group. I think he's pretty uh, well. Obviously, it's not the best group, but it's a pretty good group um, as far as getting them to uh, the next round of the tournament there. And uh, Mississippi State and Richmond. I'm going to go Mississippi State on that one. Yeah, what do you think? yeah, just for the fact that SEC and also Tolu Smith is on that team now, and he's been doing really good for them. So, hey. I mean, regardless of what happens, if we advance, there'll be some type of storyline intertwined with whoever we're playing against. If we play Memphis, that's another rematch. If we play Mississippi State, there's the Stansberry Mississippi State stuff, and also Tolu Smith. And I mean, the only one I guess is like the NC State and Colorado State or whatever. But okay. So before we start talking about the Western and Louisiana Tech game, let's talk Western St. Mary's. We're just going to go back just a little bit uh, to last week when Western played uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's was actually ranked or was seated second in the NIT in that little bracket. Um, points leader for this game was Hollinsworth, which I don't know if that kind of surprised you a little bit, but it didn't. It I mean, did me a little bit. He was he balled out in the last NIT that we played in his freshman year. Like he was like he I think he torched Oklahoma State for like thirty points on their own court or something like that. Hey, he's definitely that's awesome. one of his best performances he's had. So okay. Um all right. So it looks okay, so team stats here. Western shot about forty four percent from the field. We shot fifty percent for three. Um, and I'm looking at the shot chart here, and what's wild to me is it looks like we took about 12 threes and we hit five or six, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Um, yeah. And it looks like St. Mary's, they shot a ton of threes, yeah, uh, but it looks good. like a lot of Western's points came from inside. It looks like yeah. Charles has put in a lot of work down there. Yeah, they didn't really have much of an answer to Charles. Um and then, of course, uh, turnovers is where Western really capitalized. And this is going to be key for the Law Tech game. It's key for any game, really. Yeah. Uh, Western had four turnovers. And see, if they would have played like that against North Texas. Oh, my God, we'd have won we all day. St- we could still be in the NCAA tournament right now. We could be in the Sweet 16. But that's the thing that's killed this team is turnovers. And I still don't know what you can blame that on and how you can have one game where you only have four and another one where you have 24. Yeah. But uh, that's... I don't know. I don't know if it's immaturity or maybe trying to do a little too much and just overextending yourself as far as that goes. Um, St. Mary's had 10 turnovers. We had four and rebounds. We were pretty close. Western had 30. They had 32. I mean, but that's, that's a pretty good game right there. And like you said, I'm not, I don't want to look back because you know, it's, it is what it is and we can't really change it. But uh, Charles ended up with 11 rebounds. Um, let me see how many points did he have. How do you think his How do you think his uh, draft stock's looking so far? I mean, then he's not going to change his draft stock unless he just averages like thirty and fifteen for the next few games. In my opinion, nineteen just- points, eleven rebounds, um, no three point attempts, three of five on free throws. He shot about fifty percent himself. Um. Uh, it sounds bad, and I'm not trying to rub salt on it, but at least he shot better than Rawls. Mm, yeah, that guy yeah, had, was one for 11, zero for four at three. I mean, usually he's pretty consistent with the three, but, I mean, I guess he just had a really rough night. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it happens. And then, of course, Hollinsworth. Uh, Hollinsworth had 21 points, just two more than uh, Charles, uh, three yeah. rebounds, you know, two assists, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it, it's part of it. And it looks like, uh, Cozart got in for nine minutes, which that's a positive. I mean, doesn't look like he did much in nine minutes. He got yeah, one rebound. Very actually played him. I mean, I still feel like he could, he can develop his bench a little more than he does. But yeah, I mean, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, this was a good game, but we still should have kept our foot on the gas because St. Mary's did come back. I think we had like a 13 point lead 
and through most of the game or some type of double digit lead and St. Mary's was still able to claw their way back into it late. I thought we were going to end up choking it for a minute, but thankfully Hollingsworth, he had some game winning free throws and they missed all of their free throws when they needed to St. Mary's did. So we were able to pull it off, but it was still a little too close for comfort. It looks like at one point we were up by nine. Um, and then we were up by about 11 with about a minute 28 in the first. Um, but I can't find anything higher than 11 points right now. Okay, it may have been 11. It was something no, it's, it's all good. But, I mean, like you said, you and then right at about three minutes before – or three minutes till the end of the game in the second half, um, they started pulling back. St. Mary started pulling in, and Western really just could not answer. And then it was just – you know, we just got those four points we needed just to kind of capitalize and take over. And yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of how the ball rolls sometimes. You know, sometimes it's kind of like that Marshall game a few years back. Sometimes the ball goes in. Sometimes it rolls around the rim and falls out. But um, luckily, we capitalized, and hopefully we can do the same against La Tech. Yeah. So, La Tech. Obviously, we have played them. We played them once, right? We played them twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, it's twice because of the way they did everything this year, but um, where is it? Let me scroll. Yeah, we split with them. Um, first game we won 66-64. Please be a repeat. And uh, the second game we lost 63-58. Um, and, of course, <laughs> ESPN's kind of given them the edge here in this game. They're at a 58.9% uh, matchup predictor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it was it was super close when we played them the first two times, and I feel like it'll be super close this time. I feel like if you did this like the NBA and made it a seven game series, we'd be going to game seven with them. I mean, that's just how evenly matched we've been with them all season, and that was one of the things that I talked with them as about as well. It's just the team that they have and how they have had a bunch of injuries, but they've still been able to do pretty good with them, except through the conference tournament. That's what really ended their season was losing one of their star guards and not being able to have him against North Texas and everything. But he's back. He's still not like 100%. But, I mean, on the inside, the biggest threat they have is that freshman, that Kenneth Lofton Jr. He got freshman of the year in Conference USA. I mean, he's been doing really solid. I mean, I don't know if him plus whatever center they have, I can't remember, but they'll be the ones that'll have to try to go after Bassey the most. I mean, I think this game really hinges on that kind of matchup and who wins that. But also, I mean, I assume that Carson Williams still isn't playing, that he's like completely out of the NIT. I mean, I hadn't seen anything that says he is playing, but I'm really interested to see if that will once again have an effect on the team. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see who wins again. Like, the only thing that I predicted is that one of the teams will have 69 points. That just seems like it will happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 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 bound to happen eventually. Um, so, just color me curious here. Um, the bet wager for if someone bet on Oral Roberts to beat Ohio State, the money line was 1000 plus 1000 Oh, God, man. You imagine if you bet a hundred bucks on that, dude, you'd be clearing out right now. Yeah, you get, that's a ten thousand dollar thing right there. You bet a hundred bucks on them, which, by the way, who would ever do that? But you know, I mean, even if you just put twenty bucks on it, that's oh, if still, you put twenty bucks, yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna pull two thousand dollars easy. That's pretty wild yeah. to me, and I think my math's right. But uh, I'm not a big sports gambler. But um, so Western is looking at a minus one right now. Uh, or a plus one, I'm sorry, and LaTeX at a minus one. They're they're thinking that well, LaTeX going to get about seventy points, uh, and a Western's about sixty seven, sixty eight points. Sixty nine. Um, yeah, there you go, sixty nine. Um, is this a game that goes to overtime? What do you think? I don't know about overtime, but I really hope it doesn't go into overtime because it's already starting at nine o'clock Central Time. And that would be like 1130, <laughs> 12 o'clock. I feel like I'm watching Pac-12 or something. But, I mean, I hope not. You're turning into an old man. I am an old man, Devin. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I am too. Um, yeah, especially when Western like plays like 
West Coast. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exhausting. Can somebody just lose already? <laughs> as bad as that sounds. Um, or or you do the inverse and you just wake up at you know two o'clock in the morning and check the score instead of staying up to watch. And then and then you can actually watch Hilltopper Vault on YouTube and see the game for yourself. Yeah. So you could do that. Um, so what do you think Western's chances are against Law Tech this week? I mean, it just depends on which team we see show up. I mean, if it's the team that takes care of the ball like they did against St. Mary's and shoots well from three, I think we have a good shot. But if it's the team that struggles to get anything going on offense and has a bunch of turnovers, then Louisiana Tech shouldn't have many problems. I mean, it's just hard for us to predict at this point in the year. I mean, I did like what I saw from the team against St. Mary's other than the last few minutes where they kind of let their foot off the gas. But I think with another conference opponent, it's more familiar familiarity. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, I mean, I still feel like this will be a really close game. I think so, too. I think Western and Law Tech are really well. Um, they've got a good matchup. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, the guys come to play and, you know, we just don't have a – not, I don't want to say slump, but, you know, kind of get in a rut and uh, just don't do as well. Um, I just hope they come to play because it's one of those things that either you come to play or you go home and you watch everybody else play. Yeah. Um, so we didn't make it to the big dance, but we're at the junior high dance here. So we just have to, you know, we just got to make it work. And, yeah, I mean, you still want to try to win as many games as you can, regardless of which tournament you're in. Yeah, exactly. And, that the, and with the field of the NIT this year, I mean, I feel like we could win the whole thing if they if it's the same team that beat St. Mary's and played really well. I think we would have a really good shot against. We beat if we beat La Tech, we're probably going to be playing Mississippi State next round. Which that's always fun. And then, so okay. Then it would probably be Memphis, I'm going to say, in the finals. Is that safe to say? Yeah, and that is the team we've already beaten this year. Yeah, so we could so, – We, I mean, I mean theoretically, Western could go away. Yeah, I mean, we could beat any of these teams. I mean, we beat the SEC champion. We shouldn't struggle with Mississippi State. I mean, we already beat Memphis once. And, I mean, all these other teams are either really good mid-majors or really off – your ACC teams. So, I mean, I feel like that wouldn't cause as many issues. So, excuse me. So, um, question. Mm -hmm. If, let's just say hypothetically speaking, because I think I saw this on the Facebook uh, basketball group. Hypothetically speaking, if you could take away a Big Ten team and put them in, um, take away a Big Ten team, put Western into the NCAA tournament, who would you take out? I mean, it's hard to say just for the fact that the Big Ten, I mean, the reason why there's so many teams is because, I mean, they are the bigger name conferences. So, I mean, they have the money in their pocket as well. But also, I mean, they do play each other a lot. And uh, say Michigan might have an off night against like a Wisconsin or something and Wisconsin win. Well, the fact that they beat Michigan that one time is going to strengthen their net ranking. And also, just their strength of schedule is so much higher than any of ours could ever be. So, yeah. I mean, that really messes with the seeding. Like, if you take away one of the teams that was, a, like, two or three seed, like, I don't think you could put a mid-major into that same spot and then be well. I mean, except for, like, a Gonzaga or something, or Houston. Like, both of them have been pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I do feel like there's too much bias for the big schools, but I mean, that's what makes March so good is that all these Big Ten schools get in and then half of them fall out in the first round. And then after that, even more of them fall out in the Sweet 16. I think there's only like two or three of them left at most. And that's my thing, though, is I don't like seeing the um... – I don't like to see the legacy teams kind of get in. You know, they have an off year and they still get in, and it's like, mm, you know what I'm saying? You, know, you you could say that about Syracuse and UCLA, and both of them were 11 seeds, and both of them are now in the Sweet 16. So, I mean, shows. Yeah, I'm just, but both that's teams, one thing. I don't think some of those this, this is, because of that. 
like this is my thing. If there's ever like a school like Michigan State, UCLA, Syracuse, like usually those are like one to four seeds in the NCAA tournament when they're really good. But when they're like an eight through 11 seed, that's when you pick them to win because they still have really good talented players. And also, I mean, in most cases, really good coaches. Like, I mean, Syracuse has Bayham, UCLA has uh, Mitch Cronin. So, I mean, they do have these high-profile coaches that have coached at a high level. So, I mean, that's it's not really as surprising when it's like an upset, but it's still a Power 5 school. Like, I usually get those right just because. But, I mean, I still feel like it's team maybe like us could have gotten in. I mean, I, that now that North Texas did what they did, I hope that that helps Conference USA next conference tournament i mean we, we still have to win the games that we need to like we still shouldn't have lost to charlotte we still should have beaten old dominion and we still really should have just gotten an automatic bid and beaten north texas but that's the thing with our schedules i mean we need to get as much high profile teams as we can just to have a good strength of schedule because once we get to conference usa i mean the fius and mtsus and teams like that are what weighs it down and I mean, Belmont's the perfect example. They were like twenty-four and one on the entire season, or twenty-four and two, something like that. They may have lost like one or two games, and they didn't even get in the NIT. And the only reason was because of that is because they didn't play anybody. Like they don't yeah. schedule any good teams. I mean, you have to schedule good teams in order to have any at-large consideration. And that's one thing that I love about Western is that Stansberry and Todd Stewart both know that's what you have to do, and they've done it. I mean, we've played. Arkansas, Alabama, Wisconsin, we beat all of them. I mean, it's going to be hard for us to find good competition with the rate that we're going, beating all of these good teams. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. I do think it – I always think it's fun with Western because, like you said, Todd gets those – for instance, pulling out Houston. I mean, literally kind of pulling that out of his bum. um, that That was just fun, you know. I mean, it even was, though we I just did wish we played that, better, yeah, it was better. yeah, I did too. I mean, looking back, you know, there's a lot of things you'd want to change, but but still, like to pull that game out of his, you know, wherever uh, was still awesome. I mean, that just came out of left field. You know, we were expecting, well, the guys ain't going to be doing much, blah 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 blah, and he pulls this out, and you're just like, really, you know, you're like. Number 12 at the time, Houston. All right, let's do this. And, I mean, you just wish the guys had a better game against Houston, but Uh you can't change the the past. The best thing that Western can do, if they can't get, like, Power 5 competition, like SEC, Big 10, Big 12, or whatever, if they can't get those kind of teams to play, that's when you need to go after the Big East and the the AAC, American Athletic, and also the Atlantic 10. Like, a series against VCU would be good. I mean, in the Big East, I want to see us play either Xavier or Butler or somebody like that. Those are close teams. Those are good teams, usually. I mean, that that would be a great, great series to have. And, of course, like, in the American, play Cincinnati or Memphis again. We could have, like, a home-and-home with them. I mean, there's a lot of regional schools around the area that are in the American. So, I mean, that's something to consider, too, is, like, just find the best programs that you can even if it's like Big East, I mean, Big East is still a really good conference. So, I mean, I would love to see us go after some more schools in that conference. I agree. I mean, and bigger and closer to home schools, you know? Like, if we played Butler, I mean, you'd be going to Hinkle Fieldhouse, which that's one of the things that I've loved about watching the NCAA tournament is seeing games there. And all of the announcers are just, like, raving about the place, the entire broadcast. I don't know if you've watched one from there yet. But I mean, it no, is one of the mother. It, it is one of the mother churches of college basketball. It was built in the twenties. <laughs> it was like the first huge basketball for college and stuff arena. And I mean, it has that awesome look to it. And the thing is, it's only just a three-hour drive up sixty-five from Bowling Green. I mean, that's yeah, that's very not, doable. You, yeah. you can do that in a day. I mean, it, I've done that before. I've driven up there and driven back in a day. And, I mean, stuff like that would be good. And, I mean, Xavier, I mean, that's still close. Cincinnati, all of those. I mean, those are good programs, and those are close opponents, too. So, I think that's what we need to go after. Well, I mean, and I mean, Indianapolis isn't a bad drive. Even once you hit that line, 
um, between Kentucky and Indiana, the roads may be a little rougher than on the Indiana side, yeah. but oh, they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. Um, and there may be small children who got lost in those potholes, but it's not Probably. a bad, it's not, yeah, it's not a bad spot. Uh, it's not a bad, um, it's not a bad drive. I, I had to do it for my clinicals for, um, um, undertaker school for, um, mm-hmm. mortuary school. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. But it, it never failed. I don't know what it was when I went up there, but like every time I'd go up there, it snowed. And it's like, oh. really? Like, um, of course, I'd have to leave here at like four in the morning. And whenever I get up there, it's it was snowing. Like it was pouring down rain here one day when I left. And I get up there. I got to Sellersburg, Indiana, and it is just pouring down rain. And you're like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? How, you know, how is this my luck? By the time I left, I think we had eight inches of snow on my truck. And I was like, okay. But, you know. Even another one. I mean, Indiana has so many schools, too, that we could play. And, heck, another close one is Evansville. If you think about it, that's not that far off. It's only, like, 45 minutes from Owensboro or less. So Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, there are a lot of good schools that are close. And I think I I would just like to see some of these bigger schools play Western – but at the same time, we have the same issue every time is that these bigger schools are scared to play Western because it's a win-lose for them. Or it's well, a lose for them. If everything remains the same and all of the scheduled opponents that we have is normal, we will be playing Louisville and Diddle Arena again next season for the first time since 2014. And I will be very excited for that. That would be very exciting. Because I was a student on campus when we played them in 2014 in Diddle. They were number four in the country. That's when they had Terry Rozier, Montrez Harrell, and that squad. And that was the most fun environment I'd ever been in for sports all time. You just kind of loved it. Like, it was completely sold out. Everybody was going crazy. It was on national TV. You were playing a top five opponent in your own gym. Like, nothing is better than that. I mean, we lost by nine points, but, I mean, it was still such a fun environment to be in. Like, I think that we had a three-pointer from TJ Price that put us up by three. It was, like, really early in the game. It was, like, seven to three. But when we had that lead, even if it was just for a split second, it was absolutely ballistic in there. And I would love to see that happen again, especially after just this COVID year that we've had. And I didn't even get to go to any home games, which sucked. But just to be able to have a big environment like that again on the other side of this, I really want to see that happen. For me, like, the only thing that would made that game better uh, is if we could have got Rick to do the double birds as he walked off the court. <laughs> just saying. Yes, I still wanted to see him and Ray Harper fight. I didn't even care about the sport at that when they were, just, like, jawing each other. Like, I, I would throw away any pride and dignity that I have to see them two fight it out in the middle of Diddle Arena on TV. That would that have been, 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 been worth it. That would have been funny. Um, I did see where the team um, – where where is he at now? Do you remember? Patino? Yes. Yeah, he's. A, I don't know. They lost to Alabama, but it was still a somewhat close game. I was gonna say he. I mean, he made it to the tournament, which is no matter what you think about Rick Pitino, that's still amazing. I mean, he's still an amazing coach. As much as I hate him, I mean, I still think he's a part of the mafia and he's a very <laughs> sketchy person in general. But I mean, he's a good basketball coach. My favorite. Uh, my favorite analogy is the one that Jake always talks about: is he thinks that Rick Pitino is a vampire. I mean, he basically is. He's a vampire he, mobster. Well, he's really pale. He's really thin. And I could really see that. Would not have surprised me if he was, like, trying to suck that girl's blood at that Italian he, restaurant. He does like Pizza Hut, though. He does like Pizza Hut. My mom confirmed that one time when she had to go to a teacher's training in Louisville. <laughs> she saw him outside of a Pizza Hut in Louisville when he was that is, there. That's cool. Yeah, you're welcome for that knowledge. That yeah, that's some knowledge I did not know I needed. But and that's I'll pretty big it. too back then too, because I mean Papa John's in Louisville, that connection has been really strong. He went to Pizza Hut. Yeah, I was gonna say um, when he was at Louisville, I figured he would go into Papa John's, but yeah, I could see that. Um, that would have been a big story about fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right when uh, all of those were there, all those oh, parts yeah. were there. Which, by the way, funniest thing for me is that Papa John, after everything that happened with him. He has convinced himself that it was a conspiracy that he got fired. 
Well, all I'm saying is that he said that the day of reckoning was coming, and right after that, COVID hit. I'm not saying there's a correlation, but... <laughs> He's the Papa Prophet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. God. No. Oh, my gosh, no. Um, so, I have not done my homework, but um, what is the biggest upset that you can remember in your lifetime? In my entire lifetime... I mean, it has to be UMBC at this point. It has to be. Just for the fact that they were the first 16 seed to beat a one seed. And, of course, it was Virginia. And Virginia lost to the Ohio Bobcats in this past tournament, which I should have saw coming because they either win the national championship or lose to, like, the highest seed imaginable in the tournament. But I will never forget that. I mean, we were close to being the first 16 seed to beat a one the last time we were in the NCAA tournament, we were a 16 and we played Kansas. And we hung in there that entire game. I can't remember if we were down a lot at halftime. I think we were, it was, we may have had the lead at halftime. I can't remember. It's been almost eight years now. But we hung in that game with Kansas until about five minutes to go. And that's when George Fant got in foul trouble and he fouled out. And as soon as he was out, that big center that they had just kind of took over that Jeff Withy. I'll never forget. And we lost a little bit, but I mean, it has to be UMBC because I remember I was working at Starbucks in Bowling Green at the time and I was working mornings, so I had to go to sleep. So I didn't even get to watch the game. And of course, I mean, I didn't even pay even the slightest thought about it until I get up at like 4.30 in the morning and my dad, like usually like he's sleeping and everything, but he wakes up and he's like, Jared, did you see Virginia lost? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And he said they lost by 20 points, which that is still insane. Not only did a 16 seed beat a one seed, but they beat them convincingly. They beat them by 20 points. Yeah. So that still has to be the greatest upset of all time, in my opinion. I mean, I know that Bryce Drew and the Hitch's miracle shot and Valparaiso and stuff, that was a big deal when it happened. I mean, even Ty Rogers and the big shot that he had, that was definitely a big deal. But, I mean, a 16 beating a 1 had never happened, and UMBC being the first to do that, I think it has to be the best upset of all time. Uh, okay. So UMBC is on a list. I just I just Googled it. So this is on Medium. Uh, the the article, the guys that do this is Sports Raid. Um, and the, it's really funny to me because they have Cinderella as the, <laughs> as the picture for their article. Oh, uh, they're number one which is not in my lifetime, believe it or not. 1985 national champs uh, game was number eight Villanova versus number one Georgetown. Georgetown oh, yeah. had Patrick Ewing. They were 35-2 and two overall record, and Villanova came in and beat them. Yeah, that was Raleigh Massimino and that team that he had. He was a great coach for Villanova. I actually know a lot about Villanova basketball thanks to a book that I got from Jay Wright called Attitude. It is wow. really good. It's a really good read. If you want to learn more about Big East sports or Philadelphia region sports, it's definitely interesting. But yeah, that entire team that they had, I mean, they just caught fire at the right time. I mean, they were still a pretty solid team. But I mean, to, to be a, able to beat Georgetown like that, I mean, it's been a while since I read the book. I know he talked about it and everything, but yeah, they, it was definitely a big deal. They ended up beating Michigan, North Carolina, and Memphis, which was respectively, Michigan was a number one seed, North Carolina was a two, and Memphis was a two seed as well. That's wild, yeah. dude. That it's is impressive. wild. Uh, and like you said, UMBC, um, ugh, I hate to even mention this one. Uh, it, number three on this list, MTSU over Michigan State. No, get that out of here. No, I know, right? Uh, Also, another one, we can't forget Butler. The first year they went to the Final Four and got to the championship game against Duke. They were so close. I mean, I would have given everything for Gordon Hayward to make that half-court shot for them to win that championship at the buzzer. That would have been the Cinderella Cinderella stories of Cinderella stories. (laughs) There would be a movie about it right now. Like, I don't even know what the purpose of having a tournament after that would be. It would just be too perfect and picturesque for it to actually exist, which is why it didn't happen. But, I mean, that entire team they had, I can't remember what seed they were going into that championship game, but that was a big deal because none of us knew Butler at that time. Like, the only reason I had known about him is from my family in Indianapolis. Like, I knew that it was an Indy, and that was about it. But that was a big one. And then doing it again the next year is still one of the craziest things I've ever seen a mid-major team do in basketball. Because they were a true mid-major at the time. They were still in the Horizon League 
and went to two back-to-back -back national championships. So imagine another team in that conference being able to say they've done the same thing in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, but on this list, on this article, uh, your Florida Gulf Coast is number 11, which yeah, is really funny to me. What was number two? Number two uh, was the one I read. Uh, well, number two is the UMBC versus Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Number three is the Muds. Well, number like, one was the Villanova and Georgetown. Well, I mean, I understand how tournament-wide, like the fact that an eight seed was able to win a championship, that is technically like sustainable, a bigger upset. But the fact that a 16 had never beaten a one until UMBC, I still feel like gets a little bit higher than that. Because no one was predicting that. I would think so, too. I would think that it would, uh, you know, you would think that would be higher. But, and then, of course, the Mutts beating Michigan State is the third, which, uh, ugh, ugh, ugh. So we tell my daughter every time, like, she loves to be outside right now, which is awful for a little ginger like her. But, oh, no. Um, <laughs> but um, the funny thing is, is, like, she picks up stuff. So she'll pick up, like, leaves and rocks and all this other junk. And every time she picks up something, we just go, yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nice. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I think, okay. So, my biggest upset, I'm going to go football wise. And for me, the biggest one, I think, was Appalachian State. Oh, beating Michigan. Yeah. Yes. Football wise, App, that's the biggest upset. Yeah. The App State good. Mountaineers beating the Michigan Wolverines in 2007. We were going on a football trip. And I don't even remember who we were supposed to play in 07. I think it was, I think it was Alabama. Uh, it may have been Florida. You may be right. Yeah. Cause we played Georgia in 06. So yeah, it would have been Florida. And that was like the fuel. That's what everybody, Oh, you know, if app state can beat them, then we can beat Florida, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, okay. Um, yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Um, Easier said than done. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things that, you know, coaches get these guys all pumped up and they believe it. Uh, kind of like the interview with uh, uh, with uh, Casey Tinius, where he thought that uh, because Coach Elson had them so pumped that they could go out there and beat, I think, Alabama or whoever it was we were supposed to play. Um, I mean, that's but what they, you want to do, though. Yeah, they, they, I think he get, they get those guys so pumped up that they could probably run through a wall or they would try to. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. But number three on this list, that the other football list, is the Giants versus New England Patriots. Oh, I know you love that one. Yes, when yeah, they were undefeated. Yeah, really cool. I Thank knew you God love that for one. that happening. If the Patriots <laughs> would have been the ones to break the Dolphins' undefeated record, I would be so mad. I think, uh, and another one, another one of my favorite um, upsets of all time. Who was that guy? Oh, I got to Google this now. The guy that fought Mike Tyson and beat oh, him. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. I don't understand. I ain't talking to you, Google. <laughs> um, I cannot remember. But it was such a great story. Um, also, the Miracle on Ice, would you consider that an upset, too? Yeah. For the time, yeah. Because I think those guys would, I think those guys should have won, but it was everything around it. It was kind of like its own little Rocky story, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, it's just I mean, it, Karate it, Kid beating Cobra Kai and all of that. I mean, that oh, that was an illegal hit. So. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg, Johnny. Uh, which, by the way, for those of you who have Netflix or whatever, you need to watch Cobra Kai. That show is so much fun. If you haven't seen it, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Go watch it. It's it's really funny. Um, if you think uh, Johnny is basically a character who has been pulled from the eighties, it's almost like he's like like a person out of time. It's just that it's just so funny. You you gotta watch it. I can't even recreate it because he just like he doesn't even know how to use a laptop, and you really, really want to be like, dude, how do you not know how to use a laptop? Sure. Let me see if I can Google this real quick before we go. Because um, I know some of our listeners are probably... Was it Roy Jones? Uh, I don't remember at all. I, mean, I don't either. Right. No. Yeah, that one dude beating Mike Tyson. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. 
Some, okay, for our listeners also, who know, also for the here. WWE people out there, the Undertaker losing in WrestleMania still breaks my heart. That still is something that should have never happened, and I don't know why they did that. Well, that really wasn't. But anyway, it's all fake. Well, I mean, sh- <laughs> shut up, Devin. <laughs> Someone's going to come to your house and beat you up if you yeah. say that. Oh, I've got a buddy that'll probably do that. because Okay, yeah. here's my stance on wrestling. Wrestling is faked. The matches are pre-decided. I get that. Well, yeah. but I mean, but, the entertainment. The E in WWE stands for entertainment. Yeah, but, remember that. But those wrestlers are as fit and in shape as cheerleaders, essentially, because you have Imagine. to be able to tumble and roll and hit. And I mean, I'm not saying they're not athletes. Like, yeah. like bowlers are not athletes. You know, professional mm. bowlers are not athletes compared to even with the guy like, that just retired, Pete. What's his face? The who do you think you are? I am guy. He just retired. Um, that's still the greatest sports quote of all time, too. I think one of my favorite uh, WWE moments. Uh, one of my buddies showed me this. There was a wrestler who was supposed to be Jamaican. Have you seen this? And uh, he's out there in front of the crowd, and they're all talking and yelling at each other. And then all of a sudden, one of the wrestlers stops mid-sentence, looks at the dude who's supposed to be Jamaican and goes, I thought you were Jamaican. And that you could just see it on the guy's face. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, oops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of flaws within the WWE. But, I mean, I still watched it as a kid all oh, the way up until, like, middle school. Man, those were good memories. I was, a huge oh, I was, the, I was in the Attitude Era. I loved it. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all those good guys. I mean, it, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun back in the day. Um, Shout out to Hillbilly Jim, just because yes, he's still Hillbilly great. Jim, the local hero from around Kentucky. Yes, gotta love it. Um, but that's all we've got tonight, guys. Western is going to be playing tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central Time. They will be taking on the La Tech Bulldogs. Uh, we will be talking about that game next week, so definitely check it out. Uh, follow the Tower Rack for their analysis of the game on Twitter. So if you can't watch the game for whatever reason, some of you who work second shift or whatever, uh, follow the Tower Rack's tweets. They'll be t- live tweeting ish, hopefully. Yep. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be doing okay. And then we'll be doing. Uh, they'll have the recap, uh, analyzing the game, and we'll be talking about it next week. And hopefully, we'll be talking about the next game Westerns we're going to be playing. So. Yes. Um, and maybe some more upsets. Who knows? It's NCAA. It's March Madness. It's that time of year. I just want to see. I just want to see Loyola Chicago get back to the Final Four. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to see. They that. were underseeded. Them being, they were so underseeded. They should have been at least a five seed. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> if you look at all of their net rankings, and they won, they've been ranked this year. They should have been higher than eight. I mean, I'll fight somebody over that. It's okay. That you'll die on that hill. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will forego our usual theme music here. But uh, as always, guys, go tops. <laughs> I know that you wanted to do it. So-